0: This podcast is part of a paid partnership between Citizens and the Leaders in Payments podcast. Any other products mentioned are not endorsed or sponsored by Citizens.
1: Welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast, where we talk to C-level leaders from across the payments landscape. We'll be discussing the products and services that impact the payment space today, as well as trends and predictions for the future of payments. We will also hear stories from our guests about their journeys to the top. We're different than all of the competitors because we are an open line. So if you come into us and we approve you for, let's call it $5,000, and you make a purchase of $3,000 within the payment structure, you still have $2,000 that you can come back and use again. And then by the way, when you pay off that $3,000, you can go ahead and use it again, right? And so for many industries where people upgrade, right? Computers, phones, recreational equipment, travel, where people are doing repeat purchasing, we are actually the best buy now, pay later for those types of organizations.
0: That was Christine Roberts, the head of Citizens Pay, and she is my special guest on this episode, episode 186 of the Leaders in Payments podcast. And I'm your host, Greg Myers. Christine has held prominent roles throughout her career, including product, sales, strategy, marketing, and management. She loves being a mentor and has a genuine passion for finding and growing talent. Citizens Bank is a well-established financial institution that has been around for 200 years and operates in 14 states. Citizens Pay is their BNPL solution. Since Citizens Pay is part of a large financial institution, they are very prolific at operating in a regulated lending environment versus many fintechs that are trying to figure out the lending space. Citizens Pay offers an open line of credit to their qualified consumers that allows for repeat purchasing within the same line of credit. And this is a huge benefit. During our conversation, Christine predicted there would be more regulation in the BNPL market. And of course, she was right. In fact, during our actual recording, the CFPB released their new study detailing the rapid growth of BNPL lending. It might not quite be regulation yet, but I'm sure it's to follow. We've got a great episode ahead, so let's get started. Hi, Christine. Thank you for being here and welcome to the Leaders in Payments podcast.
1: Hey, Greg. Thanks so much. Love being here. It's going to be a great conversation.
0: Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Before we dive in, please tell our audience a little bit about yourself, maybe where you grew up, where you went to school, where you currently live, a few things like that.
1: Sure. Gosh. Well, I guess you could say I kind of split my growing up years between New York City and Miami. I went to my undergrad at Bentley University here in Massachusetts. I did my graduate work at Northwestern in Evanston, Illinois. I currently live in a little town called Wayland, Mass, where I have two teenagers. God help me. And both are big sports kids, so I spent a lot of my time on a uh, baseball and softball fields and married to a Brit for over 20 years. So have a a pretty full slate right now on the personal side.
0: Sounds like it for sure. Well, before we dive into Citizens Pay, can you give our audience a high-level overview of Citizens Bank?
1: Sure. Citizens Bank is, gosh, an almost 200-year institution that has been serving the communities predominantly in the Northeast, although we have now expanded to 14 states So we go down, we now have branches thanks to our most recent HSBC acquisition. We have branches all the way down in Florida. So we cover a good portion of the East Coast and we go West to Michigan, Ohio, and that's on the consumer side. We're about a $230 billion institution serving all of the citizens within those particular states, as well as quite frankly, many of our consumer businesses are national. So our student lending, our mortgage Many of our consumer businesses are national, and we're also a fairly large commercial bank as well, and we serve the United States within the commercial industry as well.
0: Okay. Let's dive into Citizens Pay now. So let's just start at the very beginning. Why did Citizens Bank decide to build a BNPL or if you want to call it an installment product? Why did the bank decide to build it in the first place?
1: It's really interesting. We had a phenomenal opportunity back in 2014, 2015, where we partnered with Apple. And I almost like to say we invented the buy now, pay later industry in that they had a desire to be able to get people to upgrade their iPhones on a regular basis. And obviously, there's an expense to those phones and there's obviously an expense to upgrading and so we spent you know, a good amount of time with them and innovated with Apple and brought forth the entire IUP program for Apple. And from that really spawned the idea that iPhones aren't the only place where people want to buy now, pay later, upgrade over time, things of that nature. And so we invested a good amount of R&D dollars here and decided to really combine our long standing almost 200 year history of being a prolific, well regulated, well performing lender, built on top of that, some phenomenal fintech capabilities and went out into the market with our offering. And it's been fantastic. You know, we think it's a great product and service. For our consumers, it complements all of the other credit products that we have. And its I think it's a great tool in a consumer's wallet for different types of purchases.
0: Okay. I think that's a good segue into the next question. Can you talk about it from the perspective of value for both the consumer and for the merchant?
1: Sure. Let's start with the consumer. We here at Citizens, is, that's kind of where we always start. So for the consumer, I think buy now, pay later is a phenomenal complement to credit cards and other types of credit. It allows you to make purchases and understanding your payment structure so and being able to pay that off in a period of time, right? So where today you have a credit card and typically you'll make smaller purchases on credit cards, consumers get a little, I don't want to say confused, right? But there's always sort of the unknown end of a credit card, right? And we always say you should have a plan when you use credit cards, have a plan of how long it's going to take you to pay that off, right? But for many people, they look at the minimum payment, they make the minimum payment, they continue on and never really quite put themselves in a position to close out that debt. What this allows a consumer to do is to make a purchase. Typically, it's a higher dollar purchase where you have a set payment amount and a set time frame for which that is paid off. So that helps to fit into your budget, your everyday payments, etc. What we're finding for consumers is that it's allowing them to make some of those purchases sooner than they would have, number one. Two, to actually pay them off sooner and or within a period of time versus putting it on a credit card. And then three, being able to possibly add more to that purchase than they would have so they can have a complete set, be it You're buying furniture, be it you're purchasing technology, be it you're purchasing like home health equipment or traveling, right? It allows you to combine an entire purchase in a way that you know when you're going to pay it off. And we think that is extremely valuable to consumers, especially in today's world, right? Where we've got inflation, you've got higher prices coming in, better to purchase something now, you're locking in a price point and you're locking in when that purchase is finished. Where that actually translates to value is to the merchant, right? So our analysis of all of the partners and merchants that we have worked with shows that having this type of buy now, pay later, I'll tell you in a second why we're a little bit different than some of the other competitors out there, but having the citizens pay, buy now, pay later will allow your consumers, number one, to make larger purchases, and number two, create repeat purchase activity at a faster pace, right? So like any good merchant, right? You want new consumers who want to buy more and buy frequently. And so we're different than all of the competitors because we are an open line. So if you come into us and we approve you for, let's call it $5,000, and you make a purchase of $3,000 within the payment structure, you still have $2,000 that you can come back and use again. And then, by the way, when you pay off that $3,000, you can go ahead and use it again, right? And so, for many industries where people upgrade, right, computers, phones, recreational equipment, travel, where people are doing repeat purchasing, we are actually the best buy now, pay later for those types of organizations, again, because one we allow for repeat purchase within the same line. So customer doesn't have to come back and apply every single time. They can just use it as a virtual card, if you will, within that merchant. Two, we have evidence that shows that this is actually helping consumers to complete a full purchase where they may have put off a portion, right? So if they go and they get an exercise bike, they may have waited on the mat and the weights and the other things for a later time. This is allowing them to add those either immediately or a month later if that's they come back and they realize that they want it and then they don't have to go and get another loan. And then what we're finding is that whereas you may have kept your computer for 3 years or you may have kept your elliptical for 4 years, we're actually reducing the time frame of repurchase by a significant amount. And so that is helping our merchants number one sell upgrades of their new technology, of their new offering or quite frankly, allowing people to travel sooner than they thought they would have.
0: Hmm. Yeah, that's interesting. The open line concept is interesting because I'm not a BNPL user. It just isn't something that I've done, but I've often wondered people who do use that and hopefully using it responsibly and they go and they buy from multiple BNPL, Like, how do they keep up with who they owe what and how much they have out there and when all the installments are due and then they have to read to your point if they don't have that open kind of line idea or concept, then they have to go, I guess, reapply with someone else. I see that as confusing to the consumer where you guys have really simplified that. And I think and made it easier.
1: And thanks for calling that out because it's also a concern of ours. The difference for citizens is we are a regulated institution, right? So we report to the prudential regulators, which means we use safety and soundness, affordability, All of that is a cornerstone and why, again, we've been a prolific lender for centuries. It's important to us that the consumer is making good decisions and really understands what is happening. Some of the concerns that we do have, and quite frankly, the regulators are pointing out within the buy now, pay later industry, is just what you are bringing forth, right? We don't want our product to be for people to buy groceries or those everyday necessities we are really looking for larger purchases of need and want and ability, right? And a lot of the other buy now, pay laters, and while, look, many of them are phenomenal companies, and I'm not disparaging them in any way, but they don't report to credit bureaus. They don't pull credit per se to understand the affordability for the Mm -hmm. consumer. And while most consumers will make, I think, very smart decisions, there are some who just don't understand the definitions of the loans that they're taking out. And quite frankly, for us, that's a place that we get nervous for our customers and we over-index, right? We have a resource hub where we want people to understand the intricacies of buy now, pay later. What is too much credit, right? How do you balance that and how can you actually consolidate it and keep it in one place? We're really trying to work with our consumers on how to use buy now, pay later responsibly for them and what fits in best for them and their budget. I can't say that that's always the case within the buy now, pay later area.
0: Right, right. Good point. You mentioned a few kind of product categories, furniture, exercise, equipment, travel. Are there other verticals or certain areas or use cases that seem to resonate more with your product?
1: Yeah, I think technology is one. I think medical dental, right? So there are folks where this has come in very handy. As a mom who had two kids who wore braces, the buy now, pay later is great for those types of industries. We work with probably, gosh, we have over 100 merchants that we work with, but we predominantly, I think, stick to electronics technology, medical dental, travel, And sort of like the, what I would call the personal fitness or home improvement actually is another area as well. Again, what we're looking to stay away from is that more everyday purchase. We want people to use this for something that's not a constant occurrence, if that makes
0: any sense. Sure. Yeah. So staying away from the everyday items like groceries and gas and those types of things. Correct. Yeah, and this next question, you've sort of answered it, but I want to give you an opportunity to expand your answer if you want to or need to. But what would you say differentiates Citizens Pay over those other competitors out there?
1: It's a great question. I would say, first of all, for our merchants, you're getting a prolific lender who has advanced our technology capabilities where fintechs are technology companies that are learning to be lenders. And I think that's a significant difference and I think it actually resonates well with the partners that we have, we can bring the full-scale resources of a financial institution behind our partners. So we're able to utilize both our commercial side as well as our consumer side in engaging and in pricing with our partners and being able to go to market. So I think from a partner standpoint, that's a piece that I think we own within the market space. I think also the fact that we are a line of credit. And we have multiple terms and options from, you know, 0% same as cash as low as, you know, four monthly payments up to gosh, I think we do like five to seven years, depending on the type of product and level that you're borrowing for. Right. So we're able to really customize our solution for the specific industry need. And again, I think the line of credit, though, is really what makes us stand out. The rest of the buy now pay later are all closed loans and you have to continue to ask for another loan. That just doesn't work for us, right? We really want simplicity for the consumer. We want them to know what they have, know what they can use, and use it in a way that is helping them reach the potential of what it is they're looking to do.
0: Right, right. For those of us who keep up with the industry, you know, it's been a a little bit of a bumpy road the last, I would say, four to six months with regulatory challenges and even some of the BNPL players running into financial challenges with the economy and inflation. So can you kind of give us a broad view of your view into what the current landscape of this entire space looks like?
1: Yeah, Greg, I I wish I had a crystal ball. The regulatory environment right now is really, it's really tense right we are in a period of inflation that hasn't been seen in over 40 years we have many industries not just buy now pay later where technology companies are jumping in on the financing side and it's concerning to the regulators and we spend quite frankly a lot of time you know with our regulator partners And ensuring that we are again following safety and soundness rules, ability to repay, some very simple, what I would call, kind of foundational elements that are important for successful lending that don't necessarily exist within the buy now, pay later industry today. And so, I can see the regulators coming in, both from you know an OCC perspective or the FDIC, as well as the CFPB from a consumer protection standpoint looking for more regulation within the unregulated companies, right? And I'm not quite sure how they will do that, to be honest. But the CFPB, I think, is really starting to feel that their remit is not just in regulated industries, since they're technically not a regulator. And I can see them looking to spend a lot more time within the non-regulated companies that are providing financial services. And that is going to mean some challenges for those companies that they're going to need to build the programs that we have here in order to ensure that consumers are treated fairly, that consumers are given all of the appropriate information around what they borrowed, how they borrowed, and just really ensuring that affordability is at the forefront of lending, which again, I think is going to drive some expense up at some of the buy now pay later's. And quite frankly, some of them may not survive that kind of change, right? That's just not, that's not how they operate and they don't know how to operate in that way. So I guess we will see, but citizens, again, built this program with regulatory compliance. And so our differentiation is in that case is, I think, going to be the strength of our ability to succeed and to grow within this market and within this regulatory environment.
0: Sure. Do you see mass consolidation? I mean, there's it went from a few big vendors or companies in the space to a bunch of them, right? And we've seen a little consolidation already, but do you think that continues as things get tighter for these companies?
1: I'm sure it will. I think it's like any industry, Greg, right? It will explode and then players will come together in order to combine for market share or growth potential or Quite frankly, some of the players are more vertical specific, right? And so if you bring two different verticals together, then you've got a lot more power there. So I definitely see more consolidation. I don't think it's going to be a massive consolidation because I don't know that we're a big enough industry yet, but I can certainly see some other bigger players possibly looking to buy a buy now, pay later in order to get into the industry as well.
0: Definitely. Well, let's switch gears for a minute and talk a little bit about you. Can you walk us through your professional journey? So, how did you get to the, your current position where you are today?
1: Oh, wow. My journey has been one of learning, I guess. You know, I have spent the majority of my 30 plus years in financial services, all over financial services. I've been in product, I've been in sales, I've been in strategy, marketing. I've been on the institutional side, so I started on the commercial side of the bank and most recently ran student lending. And I think what that's allowed me to do is kind of really build my ability to see what consumers need and want and figure out how we grow that, right? And taking an organization, this is now the second department within citizens. That I've taken from or will be taking (laughs) from what I would call new entrepreneurial into an explosive market owning category owning business for citizens. And I just loved it. I love doing it. And, you know, I think citizens is phenomenal in that they really look for these types of white space opportunities and to build and grow. So yeah, I don't have a linear progression. I don't think I ever did linear. (laughs) I looked for and continue to look for opportunities where I can take and learn about a new area, a new product, a new market, a new consumer, and then take all of my experience coming up to that and put forth the ability to grow a business. So that's how I got here.
0: Awesome. So what are some of your passions? So maybe a personal passion and a professional passion
1: personal passion for me is probably right now it's really spending my time on ball fields with my kids. My son's a baseball player. My daughter plays softball. And I spend a lot, a lot of my time, energy and part going to games all over the country. And my son is transitioning. He's going to play in college. And so I'm going to start figuring out that fight song for his college. And for now, I think my personal passion is cheering my kids on and loving every minute of it.
0: So when are you going to start coaching?
1: (laughs) No, 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 no. I'm a great sideline coach. No, actually, you know what? I'm the sideline cheerleader. I don't coach. I was a dancer. I know nothing about, well, I know a lot about baseball and softball now. I knew nothing at the start. But it's been an incredible journey. And I just, I've loved the experience that my kids have had playing on teams, rowing as a teammate and just watching them out there. It's, they're both beautiful games and I'm going to miss it when it's over, but and then I'll have to find something else personally to do. <laughs> professionally, I think probably my biggest passion professionally is finding and growing talent. I love being able to find talent either within my organization or outside the organization and work with some people on how to grow, how to succeed, how to really take on amazing challenges. I've been very, very fortunate to work with a great group of people here at Citizens and have had. An amazing opportunity to either mentor in a more formal way or just work with, gosh, dozens of individuals here to help them grow their careers. And I don't think there's anything more satisfying than watching someone else really succeed in the goals that they want. And so that's sort of my side project. Here at Citizens.
0: Great. Well, Christine, we've covered a lot of ground so far. We've obviously talked about the bank and a little bit about the background of the bank and the product and what makes you different. And then obviously a little bit about you. Is there anything else you'd like to add before we wrap up?
1: No, Greg, I think this has been a great conversation. I can't thank you enough. It's wonderful to be able to talk about what we're doing and how we're different and how we're helping consumers and merchants. And so you know, I love the opportunity. Would love to come back and talk anytime about other things as well. Stay tuned. You'll be hearing even more about some great partnerships that are coming and ways that Citizens Pay is growing as well.
0: Awesome. Well, last question. How can people learn more about Citizens Pay?
1: Yeah, they can just go to our website, which is citizensbank.com backslash citizens pay. If you're a potential partner, there's a space on there for you to learn more about how you can be a partner. And then there's also a resource hub for consumers to learn all about buy now, pay later, and how to use credit in the right way. And a lot of the stuff that we've been talking about today. So yes, please, citizensbank.com backslash citizens pay.
0: Awesome. Well, Christine, thank you so much for being on the show today. I know your time is very valuable, so I really appreciate you being here.
1: Thanks, Greg. Really appreciate it. Hope you have a good week.
0: Thanks, you too. And to all you listeners out there, I thank you for your time as well. And until the next story.
1: Thank you for joining us this week on the Leaders in Payments podcast. Make sure you visit our website at leadersinpayments.com, where you can subscribe to the show and where you'll find our show notes. If you enjoyed listening, please
0: share on your social channels as well. This podcast is part of a paid partnership between citizens and the Leaders in Payments podcast. Any other products mentioned are not endorsed or sponsored by Citizens. Citizens Pay lines of credit are subject to individual credit approval.